good evening. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about opportunities, um, perhaps not necessarily in the individual way that we would usually talk about them. It's going to be kind of an, an overview uh, and hitting on a few couple points. Um, and so we'll just get right into it. The Oxford Dictionary states that, the opportun- that an opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. Um, so as an example, uh, I have a, a maxi scooter. If you're part of the motorcycle world, um, it's a disgrace. Uh, however, I'm still on two wheels, so they give me the, the fingers. But whenever uh, I drive by them, they pull them back quickly, and they're like, what is that thing? Anyways, um, but when I got my scooter, it, there, it took an exact set of circumstances for me to be able to make this purchase. Uh, not only was I saving up for it, but it's a Suzuki Bergman. They're not really popular in the United States. Most people import them uh, or they sell them in, in, in small quantities. And so I had to find one that was close to Oklahoma, right? Uh, and I ended up finding one over, uh, over in the city. Um, and then I had to save up the money for it. I had another, uh, what you can call a moped at the time, and I had to sell that. And within this time of three months, I kept looking at that thing, and it had to stay there uh, online. It had to stay available. I had to build up money, and I had to sell my other moped, all right, because uh, I can't in good conscience call it a motorcycle. So uh, all that being said, when that opportunity arose, it all happened very quickly, and I had... I had a chance to act on it, and I almost blew my opportunity because I got on the phone with the guy, and I asked him if he would take much less than what he was asking for it um, because it had been sitting for so long. Um, we negotiated a little, and I feel like I, I came out on top. However, it was a, a, a set of circumstances that allowed me to take this opportunity. The New Testament uses the word opportunity uh, in a few different ways, though, and Every time, it is, it is tied specifically to time. It is defined as the right measure or right proportion of time, the right time or convenient time, a fit time, a good opportun- and good opportunity are synonymous. So when we read about an opportunity, we're talking about a time that has presented itself, which lends you to the question, well, what are you going to do? Does anybody know who this guy is? All right. His name is D1. He's a Christian hip-hop artist. I know I knew everybody was just waiting to say that. Um, but I love hip-hop. I, I love Christian hip-hop. Uh, I, I was, I, Anyways, I'm, I'm real big into it. D1, or David Augustine, is shaking things up in the hip-hop community right now. Uh, he's been recording music since 2008. And ever since his first album, he's been recording music with this message that goes against traditional hip-hop messages. D1 doesn't glorify murdering or gang activity, explicit language, money, disrespect of women, all the things that go along uh, with the music uh, of that culture, of that hip-hop culture. Uh, In fact, his music is the exact opposite, and it's been that way since he started. His message is filled with Bible verses. It's filled with the gospel message. It's filled with personal narratives about how God has kept him content when uh, everybody else is talking about how much they have. He talks about what God's love will do to and, and for a person. And most importantly, he's been speaking out in love that there needs to be a change in the culture. D1 is not a household name, right? 
I mean, most everybody in here would know who Snoop Dogg is, or at least have heard it before. Yet, D1 has accomplished so much. In fact, a lot more than mainstream artists. But he doesn't take the time that's been given to him to glorify himself. He takes it to glorify God. He uses his time to, and his opportunities to spread the word of God. And now after 15 years of making music, he's getting the message out in the, in a, on the mainstream. And there's a lot of talk and reflection about godly behavior in an industry that has built itself on evil. All right? That is, that is a great opportunity, I think. Um, an example of opportunity. Then there's this guy. We all, know, we all know who this guy is. You don't need any explanations. But he's another case of taking opportunities, right? However, these opportunities weren't to further the gospel, and they weren't to speak for God or what he wanted. They were to glorify a man's wants and desires. And again, we all know what happened. The point is that opportunities are presented to us all through our lives. And do we notice them? Do we take advantage of them? And when we do... What are our intentions and the opportunities taken? We will be exploring that more this evening uh, by identifying uh, two types of opportunities. Uh, Those opportunities are opportunities sought after and opportunities we see as our faith grows. So let's look at the first one. We're going to call it looking for an opportunity. And what I mean by this is when one works their way into something. A person's intent drives the opportunities that they seek. Most commonly that we see this uh, as we search for jobs or or homes and and relationships, anything that really has a required goal that we can set set our minds to. This type of opportunity shows itself in, in good and bad, and the opportunity that is achieved is based on one's intent. And we see this with Judas in Luke 22. Uh, Chapter 22, verse 3, if you'd like to turn there with me. Again, that's Luke 22, 3. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him, that's Jesus, to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him in the absence of a crowd. Now, John 12 will tell us that Judas was a thief. And so we, we know that he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And what was Judas's intent for his opportunities? What was he looking to do with his time? Well, he was looking to gain. All right? He had the love of money, is what I would call it. He was looking to gain so much that he betrayed the Son of God for money. Jesus saw not, or Judas saw an opportunity to feed his love of money through his relationship with Jesus. And he found the opportunity to separate from the group and find the chief priest. When he meets with the chief priest, the opportunity is presented to him to do wrong. And he takes it. Now that he has been paid, he has to find opportunity to come through with his side of the bargain. What we see is, is that Judas now anticipates evil opportunities. He looks for them. He's waiting for them. This is the intent of his heart. Evil opportunities. In his time here, he is searching for something evil to do. What's the result of all of this? 
Well, Judas feels guilty after they crucify the Son of God. He throws money into the temple because they're not going to take it back. It's blood money. And he kills himself. He commits suicide. Because of the opportunities he chose to dwell in. The opportunities he chose to take. But we also see good in this same type of opportunity with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch that in, in Acts chapter 8. The eunuch was in Jerusalem to worship, and on his way back home, he was reading the scroll of Isaiah. And I would say his intent was to have a fuller understanding of God. The Spirit tells Philip to join the chariot, and when Philip was sent to the eunuch, the eunuch didn't know that God had sent him. He's just a high-ranking official watching a stranger come up to his caravan. What, what would be your initial reaction? Oh, get that guy away from me, right? What happens when you're downtown and somebody starts walking up to the window of your car? You lock, you lock the door, right? <laughs> you know? But that's not what happens. This high-ranking official, uh, Philip asked him if he understood what he was reading, and the eunuch doesn't say, get this guy away from me. He says, how can I unless someone guides me? See, he saw an opportunity to learn the meaning of the Scripture that was presented by Philip. The intent of both the men was to serve God, and through their interaction, God is glorified. Philip explains the Scriptures, the eunuch understands, and then seeing a body of water, the eunuch seizes the opportunity to be baptized. In both instances, Judas, Philip, and the Ethiopian eunuch made a series of choices based on their intent, and those choices led to different opportunities. One wanted to serve himself through the time given to him, and the others wanted to serve God with their time. And therefore, the opportunities that they were presented and that they found and acted upon were vastly different in nature, and their outcomes were vastly different. So it is important when we are navigating our time in this life to make sure that our intent is pure. When our intent is pure, the opportunities we look for will most likely be the same. Then the second opportunity that we can learn about is that opportunities as our faith grows, or as your faith grows, you see different opportunities is, is the idea behind this one. It's everyone uh, uh, looking for an opportunity is done by everyone. We all do it. But there are opportunities that the Christian specifically is called to be aware of. And these opportunities are more identifiable as one's faith in God and Christ grows. When Paul is writing to the churches of Galatia, he's concerned about them starting to follow Jesus and then turning away to return to their old manner of life. All right, So they had accepted Jesus and now they were going to their old way of life. And that is why Paul is writing this letter to them. When Paul is exhorting them, he says their old manner of life was slavery, but in Christ they have been made free. Then Paul, when speaking of living the Christian life, says two things about opportunity. First, in Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul states that Christians have a freedom through Christ that provides them opportunities. These opportunities can be misused. Specifically here, Paul is stating they're being misused in the church. How can a church misuse opportunities? How can Christians misuse their opportunities? Well, he says right there, 
through love serve one another. It seems they're not serving each other in the church. See, the church is a group of people whose intent is to grow together in the Lord. Growing together in our faith is what Paul is one of the things Paul's talking about. The church should be seizing the opportunity to serve one another in love. Uh, sure, we're not always going to get along, uh, but even then, the goal is greater than ourselves, right? It's greater than our feelings. We can put our desires aside to come together and focus on God. Our intent should be the furtherment of the gospel and the growing in our faith. Are we serving each other in these capacities? Paul reiterates this in chapter 6, 7 through 10, when he writes, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will also he reap. That will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, as the time is allotted us and we notice it, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. The statement is not one made to a church that Paul is telling to be evangelistic in the community. All right, That will come. That comes naturally for a church that is working together. If we're all united in one mind, being in the community and evangelizing is just going to come naturally. He's saying this to people who make up the church. He's saying this to God's people, people who are not taking the opportunity to be united. God wants us to take the opportunity to be good to everyone, especially those in his body. He wants us to take the opportunity to mend our grudges, to repair and build relationships with one another, to get to know brethren that we may not know. We see, we see every, every Sunday and every Wednesday, but we've never really talked to them. You know? Or we've heard something about them that, oh, maybe, maybe we don't want to go hang out with that person because we've heard something. We haven't actually figured it out for ourselves. You see, as we grow in our faith, we should be growing in the opportunities that we see to serve our brothers and sisters in all sorts of different capacities. I want you to think of someone who uh, might get under your skin. Don't say it out loud, all right? Think of somebody who might get under your skin. I, I know I'm, I might be one of those people, right? Think of someone you might avoid when, when you walk in the doors, or think of someone maybe who's struggling, and you, you've seen it, and you just haven't changed. You haven't taken the opportunity to talk to them. Think of someone that, uh, that again, you've, you've seen. We do this thing where we, where we say, uh, oh, we have so many people in here, we know the face, we don't know the name. You know, maybe, maybe take some time to greet and get to know everybody's name. Shake everybody's hand when they come in. You know, those are opportunities that we can do. Now that you've thought of that person, that person's in your mind, you have an opportunity to serve them. What are you going to do with it? This evening, we've talked about just briefly two kinds of opportunities. Uh, And before we head on, uh, I would like to leave you with two questions. What is our intent as Christians, as a church body, What is our intent? What opportunities are we looking for? As stated earlier, our intent will be the driving force behind the type of opportunities that we seek. 
So are the opportunities we seek based on the will of God and the furthering of His agenda? Or is our intent the furtherment of ourselves? We're going to see opportunities and we're going to act on opportunities. So what will, be the, de- so what will the desires of our hearts be that make us act? I pray it's our desire to do God's will. I hope that is what we do. And then the second question is, what opportunities do we seek in the body? Are we looking for the opportunity to serve one another? Are we looking for the opportunity to, again, bury a grudge or or create a new relationship or mend a relationship? Are we looking for the opportunity, most importantly, to grow together in our faith? You see, if we're not taking advantage of the opportunities with our brothers and sisters, we're not going to have the courage to take the opportunities when it comes to the lost. If we can't do it with the people we're closest to, we're not going to do it to the people we've never met. What would happen if we not just saw opportunities but acted on them? For D1, he's bringing God to a place where God isn't usually accepted, talked about. People are, are thinking about what they're saying now. And it's because he sees some opportunities. For Philip, he baptized a high-ranking official who would undoubtedly go and tell others. Someone who has the ear of the queen, perhaps. For the eunuch, he was redeemed to God and he was saved because of his opportunities that he took. What would happen if we acted on opportunities and not just saw them? We could play a part in God changing someone's life. Or even bigger, we could be part of changing a culture. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's not going to happen unless we act. That's the thing. We can look at opportunities all day. But at the end, at the end of the day, if we don't act on them, they're, they're just missed opportunities. I don't know about you. I've, I've sat, well, laid in bed sometimes and been like, man, I missed that opportunity. I wish I could go back and redo that. That's something I would do. We don't, we don't have to really think about it that way. We can focus on it. And actually act on it. God is a God of opportunities. That is why the Holy Spirit wrote that we should be ready in season and out of season. Marty talked about that as he was closing this morning. Being ready to talk about it. Be, be ready in season and out of season. There's always an opportunity. And again, it's more than just recognizing. It's about being ready for action when it happens. So what, op- uh, what opportunities are you going to take advantage of this week? I pray that our intent and our faith leads us to seize godly opportunities, that our focus is going to be in the furtherment of the gospel, to serve one another here in the church, and in turn be able to effectively serve our community. As we close, I know it's a little shorter than usual, but dinner and Devo night, so uh, we're, we're going to be leaving just a little earlier. But I want, I want you to know that if you have not yet seized the opportunity to be redeemed to God, I hope you will weigh your options and consider it. If you need to confess, if you need prayers of the church, if you want to grow in your faith, and if you just need a Bible study, you need a study buddy, somebody to hang out with uh, that's a good Christian influence, all these opportunities are available in the church. So take advantage of them. They've been provided to us by the Lord who is loving and gracious. So let's take advantage of them as we stand and as we sing.